Hello and welcome to the McLeod Insights, where we feature conversations with longtime industry veterans who are now team members here at McLeod Software. Our goal with this podcast is to support and empower our customers by helping them learn about proven ideas and best practices that will have a positive impact on how they run their companies. In today's episode, our focus is going to be on getting paid faster with back office automation. And today we're talking with Dave Dunn from our imaging group. Dave, if you can tell me a little bit about the role that you have now and maybe how you got started in the industry. Yeah, not a problem, Robert. I work in the imaging department with the Full Logics group. We do a lot of the custom Full Logics packages or custom modifications for specialty building workflows or settlement workflows or any other special flows that customers want. Uh, as far as my industry experience, I got started in the trucking industry about 20 years ago. Came in green, not knowing anything, and turned out to be quite the eye-opener. And I've really enjoyed it. I've been with it ever since. Started out with working a swing shift, covering multiple fleets, ended up moving to days, had a team fleet, had a local board and did some planning, helped out with CSRs, and I got involved with some of the back office testing because we were having issues with the program that we had. And with that, I then got exposure to settlements. I got exposure to billing, to payroll, and became quite well-rounded in both sides of the operations, the, the trucking side of it and the payroll side of it. That fits into the back office. When we're talking about back office, we're referring to bill processing and invoicing, accounts receivable, all that that you just mentioned. So tell me what exposure you've had with that. Yeah, the automation that we had, actually, we didn't have a whole lot of automation when I first started working with um, trucking company because we were on the BAS 400. So there was a, a ton of manual work that was involved. But when we moved to McLeod software, it gave us a huge opportunity to implement some of this automation with imaging and flow logic. Um, a lot of that that we did, we we started out with some small things because one, one of the biggest hurdles that we had was trusting the system, actually trusting it to do what it was that we had been doing for the last umpteen years. So a, a lot of things, for instance, you know, like, making sure driver's payroll is correct. Because you, you can rest assured that the first time that the paycheck is short, that driver's going to be on the phone in a heartbeat. And that's the last thing settlements department wants is drivers calling in because they're short on their paychecks. For one thing I've learned over the years, that the years there's always a flip side to it too. When the drivers are overpaid, they never call you. <laughs> Actually, there's only once where I... Yeah, I, there was once I had a driver that actually called because the, the overpayment was so huge. He knew that we would find it eventually within our audits. <laughs> he called up, he's like, take it back now, and I don't want to see it. Yeah, that is funny how that works. So tell me about, uh, we we had, had this conversation, and tell me about how, why it's important to implement maybe a piece at a time or some people call it incremental automation. Well, the, the biggest challenge that we had experienced was the fact that um, when we tried to implement a completely end-to-end change, it, it became hard to be accepted by the people that, that 
it impacted the most because they didn't have the chance to work their way through the entire process to understand fully what all was being done with the automation. And so instantly there became a quick degree of distrust because they wasn't sure what it was going to do. And so they became very cautious of everything it was doing. And, and it took them a long time to basically come to trust the program that it would do what it was programmed to do. And we, we experienced that in our billing department. And so we applied that when we was working on our settlement flow. And we, we ended up um, doing it in smaller increments. And just by implementing one piece at a time or basically doing it in phases. So we would implement one piece and explain to them exactly what was happening. It gave them the opportunity to see it happening, basically validate that it was happening. And then it became more easy, became easier for them to accept that and to adopt it. I can say that. How important is it with your staff and especially driver participation? Uh, it's actually really important to make sure that you've got the staff buy-in because they're, they're at the front line that's doing, is going to have to trust the system and validate it because we, you've got to do the testing to make sure that it's right. Driver buy-in is important as well. I mean, it was a big change for the drivers to have to start, you know, taking a picture of their own bill of ladings and then tell the app that, yes, this is my bill of lading, you know, so it, there became a, uh, trust that we had to trust that the drivers were doing it and then also train the drivers that, hey, this is what you need to do now so that it could help assist with the automation. Right. Do you think it's important to have checks and balances in place when putting in automation? Oh, oh yeah, most definitely. Um, with, with automation, yes, it makes things a lot easier to approach things in the system or check things in the system. But with, on the flip side of that, because of that, you definitely got to put checks and balances in place. A good example is um, we had put automation into place for approving lump of receipts and toll receipts and scale receipts, stuff like that. And one, one thing we quickly picked up on is like, um, for instance, advances. If a driver called into his fleet manager and he wanted an advance, they'd issue him an advance and then when it processed through payroll, there would be a an advance Steve would be charged for advancing the drivers and payroll money. And the drivers quickly figured out that if they asked for a $300 lumper, would it only cost $200? Then they would pocket the extra $100 and it would come out of their paycheck as an advance, but they wouldn't be charged the advance fee because of it. And so we, we very quickly picked up on that. And so we put checks and balances into place to make sure that if they submit a lumper receipt, then we double check to make sure that there's a lumper on the order or vice versa. If there's a lumper on the order, we make sure that the driver submitted a receipt for it. And then we validate the amount of that lumper on the order as well against the, the advance, the wire amount that was given to the driver. And if they match, then we don't reimburse and there'd be no charge to it. But if they're, if it didn't match, then the balance due would obviously come out of the paycheck, but then we'd add the fee on top of that as well. And very quickly, the drivers figured out that that didn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. 
Dave, you said this to me the other day, and I, I want you to explain that, what this is, but tell me what exception management is. Um, the exception management, a good example of that would be like for lumpers. So with the lumpers or scale tickets or stuff like that, we, we added, we used field marshal, we put some extra fields on there, the other charge codes, and we put a minimum and maximum amount. And then we use full logics to look at those fields to validate the amount that the driver was submitting was within that range. And basically, if it was within that range, then we would allow it to pass through and approve and move on along the way. But if it was outside of that range, then we'd kick it out and put it into a queue to let somebody know that, hey, you need to lay eyes on this and double check it because it's outside the normal. And it was really easy to get those numbers too, you know, settlements department they they love crunching numbers you know so you, hey what's an average range over the last three years and you know they, they could give you that ballpark to work with but by making it a custom field by field marshal that allowed us to adjust the range without them having to change the flow logics project so it, it really works hand in hand by utilizing you know custom fields and flow logics and taking those different situations into, into account. Yeah, I can see they'll, they'll, there's always exceptions to the rules. And every company has those customers that will require special considerations or exceptions. What were some things that you dealt with and what's some of your advice on handling those customers? Oh, yeah. Um, one of the biggest ones that we had issues with was when we were hauling bulk loads where the customer required that we had to have an empty weight slip in addition to the weight weight slip because we were charging them or they would pay by the pound. And so if the driver didn't provide both of those, then the customer would refute the invoice and then it just drug everything out. And then it just made it even that much longer before we actually got the money in the door for that load that the driver hauled. So one of the things that we would do is you, know, you could set up rapid alerts to watch for specific customers like that. And so when those orders were dispatched, Rapid Alert could call the Flow Logics and very quickly fire off a mobile call message to the driver with the requirements of these special needs customers. Make sure you do this, this, and we just give them a running checklist of what needed to be done by the driver so that we could bill that customer the first time and not have to come back to it a second or third time. Right. I, I can see where you, you could use the entire system uh, to handle exceptions, but were there a lot of exceptions for the customers or did you find that most customers were, you could wrap automation around most customers? Uh, most customers, we could wrap autom automation around it. I would say it was probably close to 80%. It was very easy to get just a general package put together and, and automate that without any issues. I mean, I mean that, that left you know, 20% in the background of special needs, dedicated customers, stuff like that, that we could then better streamline the work that needed to be done to be able to invoice those customers. Dave, with the special considerations of certain customers, what were some ways that you guys had accountability or auditing features around the, that were built into the automation? Yeah, there's several different ways that we could go about doing that. Um, one of the biggest wins that we had, and it actually was quite small, quick, and easy to do, it, it, we discovered it when we were sitting there watching the billing 
people do their actual processing. And when she was working on a billing processing screen, she searched up a, a group of orders for a particular dedicated customer. And then she hit list because it throws it into a big grid for her. And then she was very easily, you know, just doing a quick scan of the totals because they had to fall within a certain range. And then if they were all within that range, she knew she was good to go. If, if one wasn't, she could drill in on it, fix it, and then we do her search again. And then once everything was good to go, then she'd spend probably the next 15 minutes or so going through bill processing, hitting update, and then checking the box ready to bill so that she could then bill all these in summary billing or, or whatever it was. And, and watching her doing that, we decided that we would eliminate that issue for her of having to manually check every single order that she had in her stack. And we did that very easily by putting a custom checkbox on the customer master. And so when she was ready to check all those, all she had to do is she'd go to the customer master, check the box, rapid alert would kick off and it would go grab all orders for that customer and then automatically check them. <laughs> and full logic was done with that in less than two seconds. And it didn't take very long to, to put that project together either. And so when, when they saw the result of that, they're like, wow, that is so cool. <laughs> it was one of the easiest things that, that we did. How often do you see things that customers may not realize that automation would fit here? Uh, do you find an opportunity to make suggestions to them? Yeah, I've, I've seen it several times and actually lived through it first. And so having lived through it, it makes it a lot easier for me to to see some of those things. But like one of the biggest things is that, it, that I can actually recommend is to sit down, sit down behind the person that's doing the job and watch them for a day or two. And what you'll hear eventually, I mean, the first, you know, two, three hours or whatever, they're always going to be a bit nervous and kind of on guard. And, but after that, they, they start to loosen up. And by the end of the second day, I can only walk away with a list of the problem areas that they're experiencing as the user on their end, the frustrations that's created because of that. You know, one of them being the, the check in the box and bill processing. I mean, she's spending a lot of time just hitting those two keys back to back as fast as she could to try and get through all those orders. <laughs> and it was a very quick and easy thing for us to eliminate that redundant or frustrating work for her. Yeah, where some companies may not even realize that they're they're doing double or triple work or the amount of effort that goes into some. Dave, if you had if you were talking to a company that is kind of on the fence and they, they've got an idea that there's room for improvement in their back office, what's some advice that you would give them? Um definitely work towards making that improvement. Even the small steps, you know, like with the processing, checking that box. I mean, that was a really small step and it was really easy to do. But, uh, you know, I've, I've helped build Philologics projects for customers where it's very involved. I mean, the trucking company I was at, ours was extensively involved. It was huge. I mean, it took us several months to test it. But you don't have to go to that extreme straight out of the gate. You know, I've, I've set up some Prologis projects where they just simply have it transfer it to billing and they segregate by customer to send it different queues so that those that are working the queues have their specific customer base that that person needs to work. 
And I've, I've, and then you can slowly add on to that, you know, I mean, once, once you get it to that point, then go back to the user again and say, okay, where's the issues? You know, because the majority of the work that they're doing, it's the same work over and over and over and over again. That's what you can automate. So what you need to find out is what are the exceptions? What are the issues that is tying up their time that they have to correct? And that's what you want to capture because when you capture that, then it's easier for them to accept automation when you can implement the automation and give them the exceptions because they don't realize a lot of what that they're, a lot of what they're doing. It's just the redundant work of approving what can already be approved. They're actually hunting through everything to find the exceptions, but using the automation tool, you can very quickly isolate those exceptions and give them just the exceptions. Yeah, I think that's really important. And that goes back to what you said about incremental automation. You don't have to uh, automate every step in your process, but which one um, may have the least amount of effort, but the biggest benefit to you? Yeah, most definitely. Um, In our next discussion, where we're talking about the operations side of it, I mean, there was a lot of real low-hanging fruit that we was able to capture quite quickly. definitely something worth listening to. Well, Dave, thank you very much for your time today. And you are listening to McLeod Insight.